Well, back when uh, Haley and I started dating several years ago, uh, Haley introduced me to a musical artist by the name of Ben Rector. He's not a very well-known uh, musician, uh, but although his popularity has kind of grown, uh, but we have really, really enjoyed listening to him over the years. We actually saw him live in concert uh, when we were in college in Birmingham. We really like this artist simply because he does have a great voice, but mostly because almost every one of his songs sends just a wonderful message, has some type of moral principle in them. It's not like a lot of the music that we hear today that's kind of filthy and just not very good. Uh, he's always got a good lesson tied to his songs. And one of his songs is actually entitled Note to Self. It's a song that's had a, a big impact on me. And I actually want to read those lyrics to you here and then talk about that a, a little bit here this morning. But the song's called, again, Note to Self. Here's how it goes. Note to self, clean the living room, and do all the things you don't want to do, like maybe fold that weak old pile of clothes. And note to self, get some exercise. It feels bad and you have to try, but as far as I can tell, that's how life goes. Note to self, don't let yourself worry quite as much. It'll end up fine enough. It always has up until now. And something else, you should think of other people a little more. You should have thought of that before. Because of everything you've written down, this is the first note that you wrote for someone else. Note to self. Verse 2, note to self, keep choosing her because she's yours and wonderful and forever's a long time to be sad. And one more thing, call your mother back. Talk for too long. It's probably half of what she'd like, but she's the only mother that you have. And don't let yourself worry quite as much. It'll end up fine enough. It always has up until now. Something else, you should think of other people a little more. You should have thought of that before. Because of everything you've written down, this is the first note that you wrote for someone else. Note to self. Here's the bridge and then the outro of the song. I don't know how long I have to keep reminding myself to be who I want to be and not somebody else. I just thought by now I'd figure out the who and how I want to be. Because I still let myself worry way too much. And it ends up fine enough. It always has and does still now. And I still need to think of other people more. Yes, I've thought of that before. Maybe one day I'll figure out that you don't find peace until you love somebody else. You don't find peace until you love somebody else. Note to self. I love that, that song, the message that's, that's there tied into this, this song. And maybe you notice at the beginning he's talking about the, the notes and the mental reminders we leave ourselves about the tedious tasks of life or the, the tasks that we may not want to do but we know we should, like maybe folding the clothes or doing the dishes or getting some exercise. It's things we don't really want to do, but we make these reminders all the time. I need to be doing this. i got to do this. But then he starts building up to the more important things in life, like not worrying about things so much. Thinking of other people a little bit more. And that's really the, the main thrust of the song is thinking about other people. And the second verse there, he talks about his relationship with his wife and his relationship with his mom. And he says that he needs to think of other people more. But I love the last lines there where he says, you don't find peace until you love somebody else. And that's really his main message is the most important things are relationships. That's what's most important. And that's the things we need to be investing in the most and making notes about is investing in the lives of other people. 
And why I read those lyrics is because this ties in perfectly to our theme this year, Less of Me in 23. We've been talking about all year how we need to be exalting Christ and other people above ourselves. It's an idea of humility, taking the the lower position and exalting others and Christ above ourselves. And that's really, again, the main message of that song. But here's the truth. Way before Ben Rector came along, the guy who wrote that song, way before any of us came along, God told us how important relationships are. You cannot come to Scripture and escape the fact that relationships are important. It's all throughout the Bible, all there about how important people are and about how important it is to treat people the right way, the way God's told us. So I want to look at that this morning, the importance of investing in other people. And and it really starts all the way back in the beginning. You remember in Genesis chapter 1, God created everything in six days and he rested on that seventh day. But you'll remember throughout that that, uh, text in Genesis 1, after the days of creation, it says it was good. The creation that God made, I mean, it was, it was good. Everything was right. It was as it should be. And even at the end of the chapter, God says that everything was very good. But then when we get to Genesis chapter 2, God says something is not good. He's talk, it, it, Genesis 2 is more about the uh, creation of man and his responsibilities in the garden. And look what God says is not good in Genesis 2 in verse 18. The Lord God said, it's not good... For the man to be alone, I will make him a helper suitable for him. So God looked down at his wonderful creation, his beautiful creation, and he says it's not good that man's alone. Adam was the only human being there in the garden. There was no helper suitable for him. And so God says it's not good that he's alone. He needs a helper that's suitable, that's fit, that's perfectly fit for him, compatible for him. And so God says that's not good that he's alone. But look what happens uh, in the following verses here. Verses 19 and 20. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. All the animals, all the creatures, even the birds are brought to Adam. And whatever he calls them, that's their name. But none of those creatures were fit for him. None of those creatures were suitable for him. A suitable partner, a a compatible partner for Adam. Nothing was fit for him so far. So here's what God does. And you know this, but we want to point to it anyway. Verses 21 to 23. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So God looks down and sees that the man's alone. He says, it's not good. It's not good that the man is alone. And no creature was suitable for Adam, for that man. So what did God do? God made a partner for Adam. It was a woman, another human being was perfectly fit for Adam. Now I know this is in the context of a marriage relationship because the last verse of the verse of the chapter does say that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. I understand that, but still the point stands 
that God saw it wasn't good for man to be alone. We were created to be in relationship with other people. And ever since that time, ever since Adam and Eve joined in relationship together, human beings have enjoyed relationships, have been in relationships for thousands and thousands of years. God is a relational being. We are relational beings as well. We're created to be in relationship with other people. And as we look throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament here, we're going to look at a sampling of verses. We cannot, again, we cannot escape the importance of relationships when we come to Scripture. Over and over again, we see that it's important to be in relationship with other people. We're not meant to go through this life alone. God said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And so let's look at some verses, both in the Old and the New Testament, that talk about the importance of relationships. And here's the thing. I think too many times we think that relationships and, and how we should act with one another is tied to the New Testament. And that's not the case. We find it all throughout the Old Testament as well. It certainly is in the New Testament, but it's all throughout the Old as well. Look at a couple of verses here. The first one is Leviticus 19, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Love your neighbor as yourself. Again, we typically think that's something tied to the, the New Testament, right? Well, no, it's, it's found in Leviticus. Way before the New Testament's written, God told his people to love their neighbor as themselves. Don't, don't take vengeance. Don't bear a grudge. There's also this idea of forgiving other people here. But he says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's found all the way back in, in the Old Testament, in Leviticus. Loving other people as we would want to be loved, as we would want to be treated, right? We see that early on in, in Scripture. Look at uh, Leviticus 19, to 34. God also taught his people how to treat people who were not a part of the nation of Israel. Here's what it says. When a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. The stranger who resides with you shall be to you as the native among you. You shall love him as yourself, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 10, 18 and 19 basically says the same thing. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I think, again, maybe sometimes we think that, you know, Israel was always hostile towards other nations back in the Old Testament. And certainly they did have some battles with other nations and some friction with other nations. But God also told his people, if there's a resident alien among you, strangers among you, you're going to treat them with love. You're going to treat them how you want to be treated. Love them like you want to be loved. Love, love your neighbor as yourself also extends to these uh, foreigners who were residing in Israel. Maybe they were passing through. or Maybe they had decided to, to maybe take on the Israelite faith. And God says, you're going to treat them with love. Why is that? Because Israel was also aliens in Egypt. Remember? In the book of Exodus, they were uh, enslaved for hundreds of years, right? And God says, you should know how it feels. So when these people come in, these foreigners, these sojourners, you're going to love them. You're going to treat them how you want to be treated. And so there's this level of compassion as well because they should have known how it, how it felt to be in, in captivity or to, to be in a foreign land. And he's saying, you're going to treat these people with respect, with love. Look at uh, Deuteronomy 15, 11 and Proverbs 19, verse 17. 
God has always given instructions for how to take care of the people who are less fortunate. Here's what it says in Deuteronomy 15, 11. For the poor will never cease to be in the land. Therefore, I command you saying, you shall freely open your hand to your brother, to your needy and poor in your land. Proverbs 19, 17, 19, 17 says this. One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his good deed. There will always be people who are less fortunate, who are poor, who don't have as much as we do. And God's always told his people, give to them. Open your hand freely. Don't withhold. Give them what they need to, to survive. And there were, all, there were law, laws also that we could read about where, where the people were to leave the edges of their fields uh, uncultivated so others could come in and grab those, the less fortunate and things like that. God's always taken care of those who were less fortunate. And he wants us to do the same. And so we see, and, and again, this is just a, a, a couple of verses. We could go on and on and on in the Old Testament about how to treat other people, but it's there. We cannot, again, we cannot escape the importance of relationships and how we are to treat other people with love as ourselves. As we want to be loved, we want to extend that to other people. But of course, when we get to the New Testament, we see the importance of relationships. Look what uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22. The Pharisees and, and uh, religious leaders were always on Jesus, trying to trap him in something, and they were questioning him here. And, and look what happens. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Jesus says the two greatest commandments, loving God with everything that we've got, and secondly, loving our neighbor as ourself. And that's what we read in Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus reiterates that here and says that is the, these are the most important things that you could do, loving God and loving other people. If we can't get these things down, we won't be able to get everything else down that we find in Scripture. These are the two most important things. He says everything else in the law and the prophets, it hinges on these things. We've got to get that down, loving God and loving other people. Jesus says clearly it's important to love God first and to love others second, above ourselves. We can't escape it, folks. It's so important, our relationship, of course, with God and with other people. But continuing on, Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Paul says this, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. On Wednesday night, the men's class talked about being committed. And I think about commitment when I see that word, be devoted to one another. When we're devoted to one another, that means we're, we're exhausting our efforts and, and our time and abilities to loving one another, to being with one another. And that's what Paul's saying. Be devoted to each other in brotherly love. That brotherly connection, brother and sister connection is a close connection. And giving preference to one another in honor. So much just tied in this one verse about how we should treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and other people for that matter. Ephesians 4.32, Paul says this. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you kindness it, it's something simple that we can do 
holding a door open for somebody, giving someone a smile, writing a note to someone, so many things that we could do to be kind, to be tender-hearted towards one another or compassionate, feeling for somebody, and of course, forgiving one another. And that can be hard sometimes, right? We, we have people that hurt us. Sometimes it's hard to forgive, but God tells us we have to. We have to forgive one another because we've been forgiven. And in Colossians 4, 5 through 6, this is actually a, a verse about how we act towards those who are not uh, Christians. Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. When we approach those who are not in, in the church, we have to, we have to be, be wise in that situation. We have to be gracious in our speech, gentle in how we approach that conversation because we want to win people to Christ, right? And we could go, again, we can go on and on with this. Matthew chapter 5, God says, uh, Jesus even says that we should love our enemies. It doesn't matter who it is. We treat people with love. Folks, over and over and over again, we get the message that relationships are important. And we need to be treating people, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, we need to treat them with love, with honor, with respect. It's found all throughout the scripture. And again, folks, sometimes it's hard to do that, isn't it? It's hard to do that because sometimes we get into some disagreements with other people. Sometimes people hurt us. Sometimes people say things about us behind our backs. Sometimes we get into, again, maybe arguments with other people. And it's hard to, to let some things go. And it's hard to maybe treat people the way that, that God has called us to. But we always have to remember, it's not about us. That's what we've been talking about all year. This life is about God and other people. And once we get that down, things will start falling into place. Those are the most important things. And even when it's hard, we have to remember what God has told us here. Relationships with other people are so important. And so if there's an issue with somebody, we need to be resolving those things. We need to be treating anybody, even the people we have disagreements with, with love and respect. Settle those things. We don't want division. We don't want disagreements. I know it could be hard, but, but we need to be treating people how we want to be treated. Now, I do want to point out, I know we've been talking about relationships with other people this entire morning. But I don't want us to forget the most important relationship of all, and that's our relationship with God. Go back to that text when, when uh, Jesus is being questioned by this lawyer. He says this, but when the Pharisee heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Folks, we cannot forget that the most important relationship that we have is our relationship with God. That's the most important thing that we could ever do is decide to enter a relationship with God and, and, and invest in that relationship. That's the most important thing. And we, we, can't, we cannot forget that God alone is the one who gives us all of these commandments, who can give us eternal life, who gives us the forgiveness through his son's blood. And we cannot forget that. And so many times we can get caught up in other things and forget the most important relationship is our relationship with our heavenly father. 
Jesus says it's the most important commandment to love God with everything. So it's not just investing in that relationship. It's investing everything in that relationship. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind. So ask yourself this morning, have I been investing in that relationship with everything in my being? It's the first and foremost commandment, our relationship with the Father. And the thing is, our relationship with our Father teaches us how to be in relationship with other people. And so we've got to get that down first. But as I close out here, I want to point to why we should love God and others above ourselves. Why is it important to be doing this, to, to, to love God and to love others before ourselves? Well, I, number one, and I'm not going to put this here on the screen, but we've looked at it this morning. God said to. And if God says something, we do it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We do it. And we've read all throughout the, the Bible that there are passages about treating others with love, with respect, with honor. So we do it. Even if we don't, don't want to, we do it anyway because God said to. And so that's a, a very important reason. But I think really the most important reason is because we've been loved first. 1 John 4 verse 19 says this, We love because he first loved us. Why do we put others above ourselves? Why do we love other people? Why do we love God? Well, it's because he loved us first. He extended love to us. Go back up in the book of 1 John to verse, uh, verses, 1 John 4. Look at verses 7 through 11. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Folks, we have been loved tremendously by God. No greater love has been shown to us than by God giving his precious one and only son to die for us, to be the substitute for our sins. We should have been the ones that were punished because of our sins. We should have been the ones who were being tortured and, and beaten, but Jesus took our spot for us. He was the substitute for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God showed us tremendous love, love that we can't even fully grasp thousands of years before we even came along. And because God's loved us in that way, by giving his son for us, we also ought to love other people. We've been extended that love. And so we need to be extending that love to other people. No matter what we go through, no matter what's happening in our lives, we must remember the love that we have been shown and we need to, by extension, extend that to other people. Folks, there is no greater love that's ever been shown. And not only that, folks, God is love. That's who he is. That's what this verse says, that God is love. And anyone from him is going to love. Folks, we've been loved first. And so the proper response is to love other people as we have experienced it. And I know, again, it's sometimes hard. Folks, we have to remember to always put God and other people first. That even when it's hard, it's about God and other people. And if we do that, we're going to be pleasing to God. Folks, 
I want to kind of go back to that song as we end here. It can be really easy to get distracted in this life, even by things that are simple like doing the laundry, getting some exercise, our jobs. We can get so distracted by things in this life that we forget the most important things. And the most important things are our relationships. I think David has said this before, the most important things in life aren't things, they're people. And I'd I'd go even further, God. We can get so caught up in our daily lives, our daily routines, that we forget the most important thing that we can do is love God and love other people. Folks, we've got to keep that in our forefront. The closing line of that song that we read, Note to Self, says this, you don't find peace until you love somebody else. But I want to change that a little bit and say it this way. You don't find peace until you love God and other people. We can find so much, we we try to find peace and pleasure in so many other things in this life. Again, maybe our jobs, maybe money, maybe uh, just fun activities, sports, whatever it may be. And we hope that these things will bring us pleasure in our lives and peace. But we will never truly find peace until we enter a relationship with God and other people. That's what life's all about, is investing in God and investing in other people. He's invested in us and loved us, and we need to extend that to other people. We need to show our love back to him as well. That's where we're going to find a fulfilling life, is in a relationship with God and other people. So this morning, if you have never been in a relationship with God, there's no better time to enter one than right now. We'll baptize you into Jesus Christ right here, right now. If you feel like you've wandered away and let these other things distract you, and you've put the relationships with other people aside, put your relationship with God aside, you can make it right this morning. We want to help you make it right. There's nothing more important than, in, than a relationship with God and others. So this morning, if you have a need, we ask you to come forward right now as we stand and as we sing.